Today's reading is Isaiah 40, 21 to 31. It can be found on your screen. This is God's word. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground. Then he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry host one by one? and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um we look at this passage, I invite you to pray with me. Heavenly God, scripture may seem like something comforting and close to our hearts that speaks with a warmth and a familiarity, or it may feel like something that has grown stale and archaic, and we, it may make us feel distant from you even to hear its words. Or we may come with great questions and doubts, wishing that they would be dealt with and answered. Whatever the case may be, we pray that in this time that we might sense that something much deeper and greater than ourselves is reaching into our lives and bringing uh, love and peace and grace. In other words, May we actually sense in some way in this time that we hear your voice and that it guides us through the paths of this world that often seems so dark, so treacherous, so unknown, so rocky. Meet us through these words, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how are your batteries? Are they charged? Are you feeling energized or are you fatigued? Um, are you drained or do you have strength and power? Before the storm last week, a friend of ours was saying, hey, make sure you charge your phones there's that storm coming tonight. 
and it was a doozy. Did it affect anybody a little bit? Yeah. A tree went down a block away from us, so we were out of power for 48 hours. So uh, yeah, we charged our phones before, but that didn't didn't last for two days. Actually, the first 24 hours was half power. So that was very strange and confusing. It's like some things aren't quite working right. And then the next day it was all power gone. And maybe that's a bit of a, a checklist or a, a multiple choice for your life. How are you feeling? Are you full power? Are you kind of half power and things are getting a little funky? Like what's, wait, that's not working the way it's supposed to work. Or is it, are you just completely burned out? Life doesn't always guarantee where we'll be energy-wise at any given point. And the energy does, I'm sorry to say to those of you in your 20s and 30s, it starts to fade. <laughs> it's just like your, the battery in your phone, eventually it doesn't last, it doesn't charge the way it used to charge. And um, one woman who experienced how life can be unpredictable this way is Elizabeth Tova Bailey, who got this unexpected illness while traveling it just got worse and worse until she was sicker than she'd ever been in her life. And then she was bedridden. And she basically, for over a year, didn't even have the energy just to sit up. To sit up would be an utterly exhausting amount of energy to expend. She found that all she could do to enjoy life was to just pay attention to a little snail inside of a terrarium that a friend had brought by as she convalesced in this room. She ended up writing a book, the book I read, fantastic book called uh, The Sound of a Wild Snail Eating. So life just kind of came and robbed her of her strength and of her normal ability to recharge in the way that she was used to recharging. And that went on for years. It, was, it would be years before she would feel anything close to the kind of energy she used to have. Today, you might feel energized, but what will tomorrow bring? We don't really know. Our passage today talks about, I don't know if you caught all the key words towards the end there, but there's a lot of talk about energy and being charged or renewed. Familiar to a lot of church-going people, the words say that God, in verse 28 at the end, God will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. He gives strength to the weary. The concept here, friends, is all, all power is borrowed power. One of the options in life is to pretend like that's not true and to um, a lot of the ways, a way a lot of us feel a lot of the time is like we're someone who's trying to be completely self-sufficient in terms of power. You know, I got my backup generator ready with a tank, a, a can of gasoline, an extra one, 
in case it all goes out. But I also have the solar panels on the roof to, to give me the energy self-sustain and I'm running on an electric car and I've changed all the gas you know, appliances to electric and we are good to go, completely self-sufficient, right? But all that power is still coming from somewhere. All power is borrowed power. You know, it's coming from the sun. This is really evident throughout the Bible. There's some fantastic examples. For example, Pharaoh, one of the most powerful kings in the world with one of the most mighty armies, and he's chasing down this wimpy little tribe called the Israelites. But he doesn't realize he has not aligned himself with the source of all power, of true power. The one who's behind the force of water and who can, with a finger, just hold back the Red Sea. But equally can with a pinky finger make that water not be held back and it can crash down on his mighty army. Of course, there's Samson is a great example of he's so strong and mighty when he is aligned with the ultimate power and yet so weak when he's not. Then there's Goliath. What a great example. Goliath, so huge, so strong terrifying all the other tribes, terrifying the Israelite soldiers, the bravest of them won't even go out to fight him as he taunts them with his strength and power and his, his hugeness. But he wasn't aligned with the source of ultimate power. And so a child walks out without armor and strikes him down with a little pebble from a slingshot. What was that little one? His name was David. What was he saying right before he did that? He said, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Keep going in the Bible. You get into the New Testament. Herod. Oh, he's powerful, right? He's got strength and might. And he decides he's going to snuff out Jesus's life before it hardly even begins. Kill all the babies in the region where, where Jesus is, that'll take care of it. But he can't, find, can't find, even with all his power, he can't even find this powerless, he thinks powerless little baby, can't find it. But these strange quirky magi from far away following and aligning themselves with God's power and God's light end up easily stumbling into the right place to find the child king, Jesus. And on and on it goes until you get to the point where Jesus is before who, you know, who everyone thinks is such a powerful person in Jerusalem in the day, Pontius Pilate. But all power is borrowed power. And this fascinating conversation ensues in John chapter 19, uh, verse, sorry, at verse 8, really, when it says, when Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize I have power to free or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. All power is borrowed power. And Pontius Pilate, regardless of what he does, is not going to be able to stomp out or snuff out or keep Jesus 
from breaking out of the grave in strength. passage puts it in shockingly stark terms when in verse 23, Isaiah 40 says, he, God, brings princes to naught and reduces, um, reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither like a whirlwind like a whirlwind sweeps them away, like chaff. All power is borrowed power. I think that the invitation is quite clear, is to be plugged in to God's power in some way. And you might say, how? But God has made it actually quite easy. He's made it available and accessible. In the Old Testament, it was kind of like an outlet on the wall, you know? I mean, that's pretty accessible. All you got to do is walk over and plug into it, you know? And in the Old Testament, there, were, there was a tabernacle and the temple. There were priests and prophets and kings. There was the Torah and all of its regulations. All of these things as if it's laid out easily for the Israelites to just plug in. And yet, even with that, it's as if that wasn't enough. And so God's plan was eventually to, to move from you know, corded charging in the wall to wireless charging, you know, the key technology or however you say it, with the Q and the I. You know, have you ever tried this with your phone? You just set it there. They have it in airports everywhere. You can just, you just set your phone. That's kind of, that's kind of the, it's not like our relationship with God has changed. It's not like the power has changed. It's not like anything really has changed other than it's become more accessible. In Jesus now, it's not just the Israelites, but it's all nations, all people, tri tribes and nations. And Jesus fulfills all those sacrifices. You, you don't even have to do these, these rituals to assure yourself that you're plugged into God's power. Just, just Jesus himself, just the name of Jesus himself brings you into the utter presence of God. Jesus, the one who walked, ironically, in all his power, he walked the road of weakness and suffering. unsolicited suffering is something that is always a challenge for us in our lives. And yet, have you ever heard this passage from 2 Corinthians where we learn about how the, amidst our unsolicited suffering that we face in life and struggles and weakness, we actually find strength? This is what the Apostle Paul said, that, God, that Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's in, actually, if you wanted to look it up later, it's 2 Corinthians 12, verse um, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. I'm going to read that again because nothing could be more un-American for the year 2021 than this, this sentence right here. For I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I delight, that's the part I wanted to get to, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties for when I am weak then I am strong. 
it's opposite day in the passage like that because that is not what we are told are we friends but that's how it works all power is borrowed power it's a great song that i uh, learned used to sing and then used to lead people in singing and it doesn't show up in our in our worship times anymore it just doesn't but maybe it should once in a while you know these songs tend to get that layer of of uh, old fashionedness or that out of dateness to that to them but i'm going to close with this song Let's see if i can get it right you are the treasure that i seek how does it go that's that's not how it starts you are my strength when i am weak you are the treasure that i seek you are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. You pray with me. God, may your words and may your power be so accessible and real to us and help us to know how to access them. Help us to turn from the frivolous, the fruitless, the things that the world tells us are so certain and help us to turn and rely on you. May each of us, as we face our own unsolicited sufferings in our life, may we not run from them like our culture tells us to, but may we find delight that your power is actually growing and shining through our weakness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.